Hey there, it's Bailey Hancock, career happiness strategist, creator of The One Year Career, and your host of The Bailey Hancock Show, a podcast that helps people figure out how to make big career moves with small steps. Navigating your career doesn't have to suck. I'm here to help you learn to love the process. Hey guys, Bailey Hancock here. I have one of my favorite people. I know I say that a lot, but I actually mean it. All right, I mean it every time. I have one of my favorite people to share her story on today because Ashley, who's our guest, Ashley Torres, she has a job that I think many, if not most women in this country think that they want, which is on the surface, a blogger, an influencer, an Instagram celeb in her own right. But I'm really excited to talk to Ashley today because I know personally all of the hard work that not only goes into it on a day-to-day basis, but that has gone into it for the last seven, almost eight years that she's been at it. So not to jump too far into things right off the bat, but Ashley Torres, founder of Pursuit Digital and Everyday Pursuits. Um, I want to just get right to it, Ash. How did you become this Instagram celeb? Oh. <laughs> just overnight, right? Right. Yeah. woke up and Boom. I just had a thousand, a hundred thousand followers. Um, <laughs> great question. And like, thank you for that introduction. Um, you know, I started, my career started in accounting, actually. I went to school to be an accountant. I did um, not know that. You didn't? No. Yeah. Uh, it just seemed like the correct thing to do because I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. So I started studying business. And then at USC, you had to pick, you know, um, a major within the business school. So I decided on accounting. And I did that because I knew that if you got a summer internship before senior year, you would be guaranteed a job when you graduated. What? Yeah. Assuming you went to the internship and didn't fail, right? Got it. Um, So yeah, that's why I decided on accounting. I really like numbers too. Honestly, I always say that if I ever need a new job, I'm going to be an algebra teacher because I love algebra so much. What? Yes. I digress. Who are you? Anyway, I digress. You think you know um, somebody, people, and you have no idea. <laughs> so yeah, I did that for, you know, two years. I got my CPA. I had just finished my last CPA exam and realized I hated accounting after I spent <laughs> a year and a half studying my life away. And I was bored. I was really bored. I didn't know what to do next. So I started my blog on the side and it was just a creative outlet. I was like, if I have to crunch numbers all day long, you know, I need something where I can talk about fashion and shoes. And my original blog name was Pursuit of Shoes. Um, So that was the side hustle for a very long time. Um, I quit my job um, at Deloitte & Touche right before Christmas of... 2010, I think. I don't know. The years fly by, but I quit my job because I, you know, in, in corporate accounting, you have a busy season, which is January through April. And I was dreading going into the holidays because I knew on the other side of the holidays was going to be my 80 hour work weeks. And I was like, I'm normally such a happy person. And I love the holidays. Like I shouldn't Mm -hmm. feel like this. Like I shouldn't feel sad that Christmas is coming because I know that something bad is going to come on the other side. So this is like the ultimate version of the Sunday scaries, but for December. (laughs) Bailey, it was Sunday scaries on a next level, next level. Um, Yeah. So I decided to quit my job. I didn't have another job lined up. Oh, sort of. So I went to the mall and got a 
a seasonal job because I knew I needed something before I quit entirely. So I quit my job. I had a seasonal job at Michael Kors. Within the two weeks between when I quit my job and I was actually off, I got a call from Hot Look, which is now an Nordstrom company. A lot of people call it Hot Look. It's pronounced <laughs> Hot Look. And I had applied there for like a really low level production position, super entry level. And the woman who was the head of HR said to me, I used to work at a big four accounting firm too. Obviously I know you're a smart person. We cannot pay you nearly what you were making at Deloitte. And I said, you know what? I just want to get into fashion so bad. I don't care what I have to do. If I have to work two jobs, it's totally fine. And she was like, all right, like, let's do it. So I, was already hired onto that job before I actually had my last day at Deloitte. Wow. Started that January 2nd. I did have to get a second job. I worked um, as a cocktail waitress on the weekends in Pasadena, which, well, let me tell you, it was tough. It was <laughs> tough. You know, I went. I've from, done the double job game too. I feel I, like. Yeah. I went from dreading the 80 hour work week to doing the 80 hour work week, but at least, you know, 40 of it was something that I was enjoying and getting my foot in the door in the fashion world. And, you know, it was, it was tough because I was making more money on the two nights I was cocktail waitressing than I was the five days I was working at Hola. That's how you get stuck in a bar job because mm -hmm. it's easy, fast money. And it feels like, why would I go be a sucker at a day job when I could like sleep in and come to work a few nights a week and make the same amount of money? Yeah. The one thing that sucks is men, but anyway, we won't, we won't go there. Sleazy guys. We need, and a, we need a separate podcast. <laughs> <for that. laughs> um, yeah. So I did that for about three months and then my boss could tell, she was like, you're bored. I can tell you're bored. And because I was, I, I got done with my work within three hours of getting there. And that this was the days of Perez Hilton and people.com. And I would just refresh mm -hmm. Perez on an hourly basis. I'm like, Oh God, Britney Spears got divorced. This happened. This happened. Oh man. You were, you were watching, you were like reading Perez during some prime years. Oh, prime. Wow. Like prime years. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I ended up, uh, they ended up saying, Hey, do you want this position with the buying team? you know, I think there's a big misconception that fashion buying is all about like knowing the trends and being really stylish. And, you know, yes, I think I kind of have that stylish aspect, but it's a lot about math, you know, gross mm -hmm. margins and inventory and things like that. So it really connected my two favorite things, math and fashion. And I applied for that position. I had no previous experience except for my accounting side. And I wowed the head merchandiser and got that position. Um, you know, and meanwhile, this whole time I was working on the blog on the side, but really the blog at that time was truly a hobby. It was, I never saw it at that time as being a full-time job, a full-time career, anything. Um, so I worked at Hot Look for two and a half years, three years doing that. And still grew the, like I was saying, grew the blog and someone from marketing came to me one day and goes, Hey, you've been doing such a great job branding yourself. And I'm like, Oh my God, people are actually looking at my blog. People right. are, there's that moment of fear. Like, wait, what have I been putting on there? <laughs> right. And he said, how would you feel about taking over our social media? And mind you, this is pre Instagram. I was going to say, what year are we in now? At this point, I'm so bad at years, Bailey. <laughs> Did we know each other yet? Gosh, I don't know. Maybe like 2011, 12. 
This was 2012. Okay. Pretty sure. So, so 2012. Yeah. Instagram launched at like the very end of 2010, beginning of 2011. And it was like, it just wasn't a social media place yet. Right. No, especially for businesses. Not at know? all. So maybe it was to be, maybe it was like middle 2011. So really my tasks were managing Facebook, managing Twitter and getting us like started on Pinterest. Um, and I, so basically I, I said to this, you know, executive, I go, what? Like social media is a job. And he goes, well, it's starting to be, I think it's really important that we have someone that knows what they're doing and you're doing it for yourself you know, personally with your blog. And I go, yes, if you can pay me the same thing I'm making as an associate buyer, I am down for it. And they go, yeah, sure. Totally. So. And were you still waiting tables or bartending at this point? Or did you know when I started the buying job, I quit doing that. Nice. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, so I, you know, fast forward, I took this marketing, social media job. Instagram was just launching. This was also right after Look was purchased by Nordstrom. And we were doing a lot of onboarding with the Nordstrom team. And it worked out so much in my favor because, you know, I think a lot of you that are familiar with Nordstrom will know that their social is absolutely incredible. It's top notch. If there's anyone in retail e-commerce doing social media at like the top level, it's them. And I basically got to pony up, pony on their back and be in it with them. You know, like instead of being the small business who didn't have a contact at Facebook or didn't have a contact at Pinterest, I was going, I was flying to San Francisco with the Nordstrom team, meeting Facebook, meeting Pinterest, walking into the Twitter office, like within two months of taking this job. And so I, you know, my learning curve was just like, and And it was great. It was so such a great experience for me. And this is when I started really paying more attention to my blog too, because this is when influencers started to be a thing, you know, Ami Song, um, Sincerely Jules were, you know, growing just their like actual blog and photography content. And I was like, that's cool. Like, it would be really awesome to have my own business like that and produce content like that, which I was doing I'm I'm so glad actually that Pursuit of Shoes URL is gone because you do not want to see how it looked back in the day. But yeah, this is when I realized, hey, there's a there's an opportunity here for me too to brand myself personally. So I started to put a lot more time into the blog. Um, I hired a photographer instead of having my sister shoot or my boyfriend shoot. And you know, I think that making that decision was a very pivotal um, choice in where, you know, the trajectory of, well, it, it was like an indicator life. that you were ready to go pro with it, that you right. weren't just doing this as a hobby, that you were taking it seriously. Were you making any revenue from pursuit of shoes at the time yet? I was here and there. I mean, like a couple hundred dollars, which at the time was like, Whoa, yeah, for you a know? While. Crazy. Um, couple hundred dollars getting gifted product here and there. So that was great. Um, but obviously it wasn't you couldn't live on that. Right. Um, and but you were able to cover probably the cost of the photographer yeah. to le- elevate it to that next level. Yes. Cover the cost of photography. Um, but yeah, I was, you know, I was still working like crazy cause I would wor- go to work my nine to five and then come home and do blog posts. And you know, if anyone you were like there, living that social life 24 seven, hundred percent. And 
you know, writing a blog is so much different than just having an Instagram account. And I think that's something that the OG bloggers are really proud of and slash disappointed in some of like the Insta famous people who can happen to just like be super beautiful and take great pictures, but don't have any writing skills. Um, well, and that's something I think that I've always seen that set you apart was you guys actually can knock out a blog post in what feels like zero time and they're all quality and they're very tactical and specific. Like you do incredible articles and blog posts and you can tell you've just been doing it for so long that this just comes second nature to you. And I'm sure it wasn't that way in the beginning. Oh, a hundred percent. And that is such a learning that only comes with time, right? You can't teach that. And I think about that all the time. I, I've at this point narrowed down like how long it takes me to do a blog post just for pure cost per hour and how I'm getting compensated. And I know like I can knock out a blog post it still takes an hour, even if it doesn't have that much copy, any copy, but you have to add the SEO to the, to the photos. You have to tag everything. There's so many things that go on behind it. And we're going on like another tangent now about how to be a blogger, but there's so many things that go on behind the scenes that no one sees. And they're like, Oh great. You did a blog post. No big deal. And it's like, it is a big deal. I spent so much time on this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just sitting down to actually write it, not thinking of the idea, getting the research done, actually, you know, whatever it is. All of it. I know. I know. Anyway. Okay. Let's go back to how I got to where I am today. Um, So I'm working at Hotlook slash Nordstrom, really learning all that I can and, you know, being thirsty for knowledge and taking, making connections through Nordstrom and all that stuff. And I realized, you know, Hotlook is an off-price, off-price e-commerce site. So brands are selling their discounted goods. Most brands, from the marketing perspective, don't really want to, you know, collab or do co-partnerships to sell their off-price goods. So sure. we were doing kind of like half-ass marketing. I don't mean to say it like that, but there was just an- another like world out there of full price marketing that I had never even been in, you Mm -hmm. know? And so I felt like it's time for me to get experience in full price marketing because that's really where most of the world lives. Um, so I decided to take a job at job at Revolve Clothing, um, leading their social and digital. I was there for about two years. I learned so much, especially being around all the influencers. And this is when influencers are really starting to be everywhere. Like if you as a brand weren't playing in the influencer space, you were, you're behind, you were behind. Um, and then I'm trying to think like what the, the light bulb moment was when was there one though? Um, I think always that moment. Yeah. It was more my, my drive to work was becoming, taking a toll on me and I just wasn't a hundred percent loving the work that I was doing there. And I had a lot of inbound inquiries from really small brands that needed social media help. I'm like, man, there's all these small businesses that need social help. They can't hire someone full time. You know, I know, I know I can run an Instagram like the back of my hand, you know, and I go, this is the time, this is the time. If I can just get one small 
client, social media client, then I can go out on my own. Because at this point, the blog was doing well. It was, you know, pay-wise, probably like an entry-level job pay. So I was like, if I can just get one more, one small brand, I can feel comfortable that I'm not going to, you know, be eating beans and rice Mm -hmm. and I can go out on my own. So that's when I started Pursuit Digital. And it was actually three years to the day, pretty much. Today? Um, It's like around today. Like today was like my last day at Revolve three years ago. Um, That's exciting. It was right before Christmas was my last, last day. And yeah, so I got a client, gave my two weeks notice, and here we are. (laughs) Three years later. So that's a lot. I mean, I think, you know, the key themes out of everything you've just said is like you weren't happy in accounting and rather than dealing with that and just sticking it out like so many people do, I can't tell you how many times people say, yeah, I realized I didn't want to do it anymore, but I had already gotten a degree in it. So I just had to deal with it. And it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> that is crazy. I know. That is no way to live your life. Um, so I love that you were able to kind of have the balls to like, just say, fuck it. I'm going to try something different. But, and then the fact that you were working two jobs, busting your ass, just trying to get into the fashion world is something that I think a lot of people aren't willing to do or don't realize like, no guys, you can't just waltz into a new industry that isn't to say you can't get into one, but you've got to put in the work. You've got to put in the time. And it is not an overnight situation. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, I agree. A hundred percent. I think people always ask me, you know, what are your tips for transitioning from a business finance accounting job into, you know, marketing or content creation or social media and influencer space? And I go, find that thing for you that connects them. For me, it was the math part, right? Like the analytical side of why I actually liked accounting transferred to my buying job in the fashion space. So if you are working in accounting, but you love photography and you're doing photography on the side, maybe you go to a company that work that has a photography department, but also has an accounting department or finance every department because every does. company does. So get in the door as your current job, right? As an accountant or finance person, and then just BFF with the photo guys and like learn everything that you can from them. And then, you know, prove to the company that you're a valuable asset, no matter which department you're in and say like, Hey, head of HR, if there's a position open in, in the photo department, like I love to move down there one day, you know, there's so many ways where you can get into different industries, um, and not have to, you know, start over in the sense. Those words start over. I'm so afraid of starting over. I hear that all day, every day. And I think, you know, something that people need to remember is you do need to be realistic. If you have gone into a very specialized, you know, industry or role or whatever, yeah, there's probably going to be a couple more steps for you in the transition part. But to your point, the thing that people often overlook is doing what they're good at in a new space that they're interested in. I always tell people like, that's why it's so important to identify your strengths and like your natural talents and the things that you're good at. And then you get to look at your interests and your passions and say, how can I apply what I'm already good at to this space? 
because to your point, every company has an accounting finance department, you know, no matter the industry. So go yeah. do what you're good at in the place where you're excited about and then weasel your way into a new department. But it's so, it's almost impossible, I would argue, to, go, to come in from the outside for a role that you have no experience in, you know, you have no, you have nothing to show for it. Like you don't even have a portfolio or you have, have nothing because you've been doing this other thing. Do it wisely. Do it strategically because it is totally possible. I agree. You just yeah. put it in such concise words. I mean, it just, it comes up in every interview I do with people that have successfully transitioned to a different industry. There is yeah. no magic. There is no secret. It's you get in where you can, you prove the shit out of yourself, you work hard, and then you don't disappoint people when they give you an opportunity to try something new. It sounds like the HR person that hired you originally, kind of like she was the one that was like, yeah, come on in. Like, you might not like it here, but like, I'm willing to open the door for you. And then you got in there and never disappointed. I'd like to think so, Bailey. I'd like to think so. I agree. I think you definitely <laughs> didn't disappoint. So that's amazing. So now here we are three years from Pursuit Digital. You've done a rebrand this year from Pursuit of Shoes to Everyday Pursuits. Why that? And like, what was that process like? I was there, you guys, on the inside because Ashley and I are part of a, an accountability goal group together, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But for the people listening who maybe just like watched it from afar, why change it? And what does that mean for like the trajectory of your future doing this? This is a great question. Well, thank so you. <laughs> I decided to rebrand Pursuit of Shoes because I felt Pursuit of Shoes was really pigeonholing me. Um, I mean, within the fashion space, but even potentially like in the shoe space. Hmm. And I, I had been Pursuit of Shoes for what, five years, six years. And I started it when I was 22, 23. You know, my interests have changed. I'm 31 right now. Shh. Um, I'm two years older. You can, you can feel super youthful around me. <laughs> <laughs> I started it when I had totally different interests. Um, my like things in my life were totally just fun and frivolous and you could just talk about fashion all the time. And it was just time to kind of make it more of a grown up site. I wanted to make sure that I, there's still the fashion element. Like fashion is definitely the one thing that we talk about the most, but there's ways for me to bring in entrepreneurship. Um, like Bailey mentioned, we have a, an accountability goal group with a handful of small business owners who are all just, you know, trying to kill it in the world. Trying to make it. <laughs> um, you know, so how I can talk to people about entrepreneurship and boss babes and running their own businesses, as well as, you know, relationships. I'm recently engaged and everyone wants to know all the deeds of all my... <laughs> you know, relationships. That so, is the life of being an influencer. <laughs> so bring, being able to bring in that and have more honest conversations um, that are real, you know, I, to be honest, my best post this year was a post I did about not having baby fever. And that is, you know, if you looked at my site, there's like maybe three or four posts like that since we relaunched. Everything else is really fashion focused, really fun. But, you know, I was in a, in a moment of just like, no, I don't have baby fever. Yeah, I'm in my early 30s and people are starting to have babies, but I am living and I'm doing all the things I want to do. I'm being selfish right now and I'm fine with it. And I just felt this need to put it all, you know, on digital paper and 
it has been the most well-received post that I've ever written. So, you know, for me, my goal with Everyday Pursuits moving forward is more content like that. I mean, that, that stuff comes so organically and cannot be, you know, manufactured. So it doesn't come as often, but having more conversations like that, you know, still expanding on fashion and I'm traveling a bunch and I love traveling. So bringing more of that into what I'm doing, um, you know, like big, big goals, like three years down the line. It's just so hard. I don't know. I want to do all the things, you know, I see a potential. If you follow me, you know that I love swimwear. It is, I'm a Cali girl born and raised. I'm a beach babe. So swim is something I am very passionate about even more than shoes these days. And because it's okay, guys, if your passions change, it's allowed. <laughs> it, it is allowed. It doesn't diminish how you felt about those passions when you had them. It just means you're checking off boxes and moving forward. So. 100%. Yeah. So I see potentially um, some type of swim collaboration and everyday pursuit swim collaboration in the future. And I don't know, we'll see how everything evolves. I've been thinking about bringing on some additional writers to give different perspectives and point of view, um, points of view. Sorry, I cannot talk. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's been good. You know, that that's why I just had to do it because I'm kind of becoming a grown up, even though I hate that word because Listen, we'll redefine what grown-up means. It doesn't have to suck. I mean, we don't look anything like, not physically, but our lives don't look anything like our parents' lives did at our age, right? And I have to imagine the people 10 years, 20 years behind us are going to have a very different life than we have. So I think it's exciting growing up because it means, A, ideally you have more money, which is always nice. Yep. And B, you just know more. And so you're able to make more, like better decisions for yourself. And I think what happened to me at 30, and I think this is pretty universal for most people, is I started taking a lot better care of myself, like mentally, emotionally, physically, because you realize like, oh, at the end of the day, I'm competing against myself, not everybody in the world. And that's the thing. I mean, I'm sure you hit burnout points many times in your 20s, as I definitely did. And you get to a point where you're like, oh, I'm just running this race against myself. So I'm going to slow down a little bit, you know? 100%. I agree. 100%. And 30 for me has been the best. I think it's my mom told me this when I was in my late 20s. Like she, she said, even though, like you said, I was, she had me when she was 26. So she was a mom to a young tot, but she said, my thirties were my best years. And then, you know, I thought she was just saying that cause I was feeling bad about turning 30. <laughs> and now that I'm almost 32, I'm like, they are the best. Like you, yeah. you kind of just have a lot more self-awareness and you stop giving as much as you many give bucks. zero. Are we allowed to say that? You this give, is my damn show. You can say fuck all you want. <laughs> yeah. You give zero fucks, which is great. Like as soon as you can stop giving all the fucks about <laughs> let's just lean people, into it let's say people, fuck you, word. <laughs> people you don't need in your life things you don't have to go to because you just don't want to go to them um it, it like opens a whole new world of what am I doing every day that makes me happy like yeah. why am I doing things that don't bring joy I feel obligatory like my FOMO levels have gone so low like I used to miss everything like, oh God, I'm not there. I'm not going to be. Now I'm like, do I have to go? 
Is this yep. going to, not will I be upset for missing out? Will I upset somebody if I don't go? If right. yes, then I will go. Because your relationships do matter. You can't say fuck it and throw everything out the window and be completely selfish. But there's a difference between being selfish and protective of yourself and your time and your limited amount of extroversion. I think everybody's mm -hmm. got a limit <laughs> and some people's are higher than others. But yeah, my 30s have been a really relaxing, nice time. Big fan. Big fan. Yeah. So everyone who's listening, if you're not 30 yet, just wait. It only gets better. The party's killing it in this 30 <laughs> plus room. Let me tell you, we will happily open the door for everybody. Welcome. Um, so that's awesome. So we've got Pursuit Digital. Let's talk about that a little bit because people see everyday pursuits, formerly Pursuit of Shoes, but what they don't see is that's not your only thing. You are still doing this digital marketing whole world behind the scenes for other companies. So tell us about that a little bit. Yeah. So as I mentioned, I decided to kind of start a small consultancy when I left Revolve because I just wanted security. I wanted to know that, God forbid, this influencer world is kind of the wild, wild west. If something happens, where, like, what do I do? You what know? Is, yeah, where does that leave you? So I wanted to keep some skin in the digital marketing game. So since then, I've brought on five or six clients and it's great. I do social media consulting. We do execution. We're doing content creation. We're doing community management. We're running emails. We're doing digital strategy, um, branding, the whole gamut. Um, it's a small team, myself and a coordinator. And it's a lot. It's a, that's a full-time job. So I pretty much have two full-time jobs. Which, yeah. I, And I said it on Instagram stories this morning because I was like, you know what? The only time I ever wish I had a nine to five was around the holiday season. Same. When people have paid vacation because <sighs> as an, in, as an entrepreneur and someone who runs their own business, um, you really can't take time off. You know, the money stops rolling in when you stop working. And, but I did say, you know what? I'd rather work I would rather work 24 hours a day for myself than a nine to five for someone else. And FYI, that is not the case for most people. So if there's any part of you that's like, I just feel like the entrepreneur life is so much better and easier and hell to the no, it is not easier. It might be better, but that's personal preference. It's, it comes down to defining what happiness actually means for you and going from there, not what you think would be easier. A lot of times people think, you know, my problem is I just need to work for myself. Chances are that is not your problem. Chances are there's something you can fix at your day job that's actually the problem. Usually working for yourself just causes a whole bunch of additional problems. I can tell you that firsthand. Yeah. Was it you that sent me a quote? There's some stat that says people who go off and work by themselves, only 20% of them will still be working for themselves by year two, the rest will have gotten back into like a nine to five job. I'm not, I mean, it sounds right though, because there have been many times, I've been an entrepreneur officially for slightly over a year. And there have been tons of times where I was like, should I just go get a day job? That would be easier. I would just come home from work and be done instead of, you know, working literally from start to finish every single day. But at the end of the day, you have to want it bad enough. And I think that literally goes for anything, especially in your career. If you want something bad enough, there's very little that can stop you from getting it. But you really have to put in the effort and the work 
And, you know, I want to start talking about our goal group because I, this is a question I'm sure you get asked about a lot. I get asked about it all the time mm-hmm. when people find out that I'm in an accountability group. We call ourselves the boss babes um, <laughs> because why not? We named it ourselves. Um, and, you know, I'll kind of give you the background on how this started. I'm not entirely sure how it officially formed, but Ashley and I have known each other for years since I first moved to L.A., And then I met two of our other um, group members, um, Jen and Susie, at the Unique Camp, like almost three years ago. And then the final member, Emily McDonald, who's the Stylist LA founder, she and Ashley went to college and have been friends for a long time. So we were all kind of swirling, all doing our own entrepreneurial pursuits. And we all talked about this, about like, yeah, we just kind of need somebody to hold us accountable. We need a group that we can check in with. So right around the beginning of 2017, we sort of formalized this like weekly email where initially it was very simple. It was like, send out your weekly goals. And then the next week you'd recap how you did according to those goals. And then you'd kind of put out your goals for the next week. And so we started this and I will tell you, you guys, this has been by far and away the biggest game changer of my professional life. Having four other people to hold you accountable not only is it an accountability group, like, yes, they're there to be like, you know, if you get off course, be like, Hey, where are you with this? Like, do you still want to do that? Is that still important? But it's so much more than that. It's like the support group. We have a text thread that gets crazy, crazy. You guys, I will like walk away from my phone for 10 minutes and come back to 75 text messages. <laughs> that is a story. Um, but it's also I mean, better than therapy. Like it's, you know, if one of us is having an issue with a social media account or a client or something comes up, anything, we know that we've got four other people we can run it by that are going to be honest, but also the most supportive hype girls you will ever want in your life. I can't tell you the amount of praise hand emojis that are used. (laughs) Every other one is like, yes, yes. (laughs) So supportive, but you know, and we've formalized it a lot in the last year. We now have done two boss babes getaways where we've like slumber partied it up in a local hotel in LA where we really spend time reflecting on what we've done so far and then where we want to go. And I highly, highly, highly recommend to everybody to find yourself a group of like three to four to five max people that you don't even have to be in the same industries. None of us are actually. I mean, we all like we've got me, who's in, you know, 20 different industries. <laughs> We've got Ashley, who's digital and also fashion. And now with Everyday Pursuits, a lot of different things. Emily runs Stylist LA. Susie runs Flybrow, mobile, fly, mobile brow grooming business and a makeup business, Susie Moldavon. And then Jen runs Life in General, a professional organizing service. So we all have different scopes. But when you're an entrepreneur, it doesn't really matter most of the time. You kind of all hit the same roadblocks. And it's unlikely that you're all hitting the same roadblocks at the same time. So we've got each other to kind of pull us through those tough moments and really just be supportive as hell. And the feedback is unreal. So you should do it. I support this 100% because I'm in it. But yeah, I agree. You know, to echo Bailey's sentiment, it has helped me so much in keeping myself accountable. Even not just accountable, but making sure that I'm thinking ahead and putting down my thoughts and goals for, you know, the week, not just the week, but the quarter, the year. Um, so, so, you know, sometimes you, you're, you're so busy, you can't just sit down and say, hey, where do I see myself in X weeks from now and X months from now? And it helps to have, you know, the girls say, 
you guys, let's just put our 30, 60, 90 and put it out there. You know, and we're also a big um, proponent of manifestation. So, you know, we're always manifesting for each other and, you know, putting out our big goals. And it's been, I would say it's been really great, you know, it's and we, we've done a lot this year. And I think a big thing that we keep talking about is we planted the seeds this year. We've done a lot of work between the five of us um, for our businesses that we feel 2018 is going to be absolutely killer. And that is so exciting. And it's exciting to have that, you know, group of girls behind you to rally behind you. And, you know, one thing I would say when, you know, Bailey, you said, Hey, get four to five people. It's important to understand, like, this is a business group. We have all become friends, but this is a business group. It's not like, Hey, my BFFs and I like send emails every once in a while. I almost think doing it with super close friends probably won't be as effective because you're too in deep with each other. That's what I was going to say. I would, if you can like find people who are like-minded, savvy business people, that's better than the girl that you've been best friends with since you were 15. Yeah. It's just a different perspective on you and your business. And it just helps to have people in the group too, that bring something unique to the table. Like we all are good at different things and we all have different mindsets about the same problems. So when somebody's dealing with an issue and they bring it to the text thread, it, they're going to get probably four different perspectives on how to handle it. And we all take turns having good days and bad days. Let me tell you, it's rare that we all have bad days at the same time. Um, but you know, it's so helpful to have that group of people that, you know, like they're, they're going to shoot you straight and they're going to give you real feedback. So your friends aren't always good at that. And yeah, to Ashley's point, like we've all become very good friends, but that was after the fact, you know? And so my bit of advice for finding good accountability goal group people is find people that are willing to show up and do the work because it only really works if you all are coming to the table every week and doing your goals or however often you decide to do it. For us, weeks go by so fast and so much changes week to week when you're an entrepreneur that, you know, you're like, oh my God, that's only, it's only been a week. How's it only been a week? Like I thought Ashley's rebrand to Everyday Pursuits was at least two years ago. At this it was March. It was March. So not so much two years ago. Um, But yeah, and you don't have to be an entrepreneur to have a goal group. I think literally everybody, even stay at home moms, like it does not matter if you're a student, if you are, you know, in corporate America, you're an entrepreneur, every single person can benefit from having a couple people to hold them accountable for the things that they say they want to get done. You know, because we all make our New Year's resolutions. And if we're the only the only ones that ever see those, they're going to go in a drawer. You're going to forget about them until the next New Year's when you're like, oh shit. Oh yeah. I was supposed to lose 10 pounds this year. Interesting. Whoops. Next year. I'll just put it on my list again, which is what I do every year. <laughs> I always say I'm going to take a dance class. I've said that for three years. Ooh, I will do that one with you. Can we do it? Because I used to, yes. Okay, I, used to I was on a hip hop dance team. Oh man. I danced all through high school and college and then I don't know what happened. And it's the best workout and it's so fun. Okay. Let's find one. We'll actually make that happen. Okay. You guys will follow We're accountable. We are now accountable for the dance group. Well, and that's something that's changed too throughout this first year of this group is the format of the emails have, have constantly adjusted depending on like what we need. Something I started adding into my own were like personal goals too, because personal and professional, they're the same. Let's be real. Like work-life balance is sort of this bullshit myth. 
we are, it's all the same. It's one big mush pot and it's just you and your life. And so I would put on there, like, if I signed up for an online course, which I'm notorious for signing up for online courses and then never taking them. <laughs> How's that Google Analytics course? All right. Oh, I did module really? one. Okay. I got busy. <laughs> <laughs> did you notice it left my weekly goal? Yeah. So there's, don't get me wrong. Like just because you have people holding you accountable doesn't mean you won't still get shady and be like, if I just remove that from this week's goals, they won't remember that I said it last week. No, they remember. Um, we also created a spreadsheet within the last quarter, which we're still working out the kinks on, but my brain works really well in spreadsheet format. Um, but the emails, like when we had our most recent getaway in October, was that October, or November, whatever, who knows? Two Please years. Say it was November. Cause it, I, I think it was like yesterday. It does. Um, but we were all able to pull up that very first group email that we sent out and be like, what did we say we wanted to accomplish in 2017 and how far off were we? And what will either happen is we'll realize like, oh my God, I hit that goal in like March. Holy shit. I like, I did that. I already forgot that that was a goal of mine or we're like, oh my God, I can't believe that was a goal. I totally switched gears and like, I'm not focusing on that at all anymore, which is perfectly fine. Like you're allowed to change your mind. That's part of being a human. Right. So having that written down and in like digital format is so, so, so valuable. It's the best. You guys, everybody should do it. Everybody should do it. We keep talking about doing a webinar or some kind of something on helping people set up goal groups, but just do it. Figure it out along the way. We did it. You can do it. It's all good. We're starting to do, I think we're going to start to do, we'll see if it actually happens, a monthly call on like the first Monday of every month so that we can kind of lay the groundwork out for that month's goals. But man, you guys, time flies. Time flies. Before you know it, you're like, that can't have been a month ago. No way. Yeah. Well, so what's next for you, Ash? Do you know, besides marriage and not having babies for the time being? <laughs> yeah, I'm getting married in March. Um, what else is next? I, I mean, know. I feel like you're growing your empire. You're in yeah. like growth mode. You know what's next for Everyday Pursuits? Video content. Um, I'm working on that right now. I just really need to bite the bullet and do it because um, I feel like that's the new wave. So I hear. And I know. And yeah, that's it. I mean, in a good way. Like I, I feel like we're in a good kind of like chug chug motion that is being giving a lot of results at the moment. So I'm just trying to keep that momentum going without burning out myself and the team. And if we can do that, like only go up from here. Yeah. Well, and that's something I think important to note too, is people often get asked like, well, what do you want to be doing in three to five years? And sometimes the answer is, well, hopefully this, but like more of this or more money doing this or, you know, every year doesn't have to be starting over and it shouldn't be. You should, you shouldn't have, (laughs) you should have less starting over years than maintenance years as far as I'm concerned. Otherwise you're going to drive yourself absolutely crazy. And this is coming from somebody that's had like 25 starting over years in my 33 years. I think all of which- Since I've happen. known you, I think you've had at least like six starting over years. And I think I'm, I've known I'm you like for seven cat. years. Yeah, I'm like a cat. I have like a nine lives, except they're nine career lives. And I think I'm on like 18. So yeah, I'm kind of in the same place. I'm like, I just want to keep rolling with what I've got going on because this feels really good. And it feels not comfortable, but- exciting and not unstable. 
And there's a lot of instability that comes when you're not ready for it. So when you've got stability and you actually like your situation, it's a really good feeling. And I always tell people too, like when you're really happy in your job, pay close attention to why you are happy. Like what is it about your day to day that makes it feel good getting up and going to work on Monday or in our case, Saturday and Sunday and all of the days. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm really excited for everything you're doing and everything that's coming up. And I'm thankful for you and the rest of our boss babes and our goal group. Feel free, you guys, reach out with any specific questions about the accountability goal group. Happy to share because it is, it is a game changer. Life moves so fast. And if you're the only one focusing on your goals, it gets really hard to keep them in front of mind. So, so enlist support of your people. Yeah. Great advice, Bailey. Hey, You're thanks. You had great advice too, Ash. I appreciate you being here. <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.